Hi everyone, Erin here. So sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have something amazing to share with you. Do you want to become a mindfulness or well-being strategist? Perhaps so. If you do, I have the exact program for you. In partnership with UPeace, United Nations Institution, we are offering a three-month training to certify people in mindfulness and well-being strategy. This is a three-month virtual program plus one-week in-person retreat in Osada, Costa Rica. This certificate is in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations international school that focuses on social innovation, entrepreneurship, and peace building. The certificate will train participants in meditation, mindfulness, coaching, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, new ways of healing, sales funnels, branding, overall modern day wellness and how you can launch and grow a business. As a graduate, you can take on one-on-one clients as a well-being strategist, offer wellness programming in corporations, schools, and more. Build your own wellness programming and learn how to attract clients and grow your business. Definitely check out The links in the footnotes would love, love, love to have you. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. In this episode, we have Lorraine Hamilton, the secret weapon for all of her clients and the lead trainer for Coach School. In this podcast, we talk about which track to choose for yourself, coaching versus becoming a therapist. We speak about which pricing to choose if you are a coach and to charge based on your ideal audience. We speak about serving both men and women clients and how exciting it is to train people in these practices and watching the ripple effect. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I am super pumped about today's guest. We have Lorraine Hamilton, who... All her clients call her the secret weapon, and she bursts through their mindset blocks with expert precision. Lorraine is a lead trainer and owner of a globally recognized and ICF-accredited program called Coach School, which we will definitely learn about today. Lorraine, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure, and I know it's super early for you, but thanks for having this conversation. How did you start coaching? What brought you into this industry? Oh, wow. Um, it was quite a diversion because I was actually an engineer um, before I was a coach. And I was going to change the world of engineering. You know, most people who do this kind of work have got a story to tell. There's something that has brought them to this work. And I was a, a female telecommunications engineer in the 90s. And I didn't realize that that was quite unusual at the time because I had always been in the engineering field. I'd always, you know, I had always come through this kind of fairly male-dominated environment. And everything had gone really, really well until I ended up in this one job with this technical manager who had been promoted into his roles because of his technical ability, but not necessarily because of his social skills. And we just clashed. He just had had no idea what to do with this female engineer. 
And then the female engineer got pregnant and then that was really difficult for him. But um, it, it was it was a train wreck, to be honest. And through no fault of his, no fault of mine, we just, he it was like we were talking completely different languages. And it, it caused me to get really, really sick. And um, I knew that on the other side of that, I wanted to do something more meaningful. I wanted, I wanted everybody to understand basically what I had learned in therapy, but I didn't want to be a therapist. And I knew that it wasn't the right thing for me to be a therapist at that point in my own recovery. So I looked for something else that I could do because I left my engineering career. And I, my husband actually brought me back the Grow for Performance book by John Whitmore, which is like the quintessential coaching book. If you know anything about coaching, everybody's heard about the Grow model. And, and I inhaled that book. I was like, this is it. This is the thing. This is this, I'm going to change the engineering world, you know. And then I inhaled some more books on coaching. And then I started down my formal certification process. And, um, and that was it. I wanted to change the the world of engineering but as it turned out I well I did but it was much later in the piece I, I changed my little corner of the world of engineering but I ended up life coaching and falling in love with it and I've been there ever since um with some dalliances back into engineering and changing my corner of the world that is so exciting. Absolutely. We definitely need coaching in the engineering world, in all of the corporate world. Even today, I just got a phone call from another corporate organization that wants to bring these coaching practices into you know, their everyday life cycle at, at work. So how did coaching school come to be? Well, coach school was something that I had dreamt of from the moment that I did my first certification I was like oh everybody needs to know this stuff and I want to be the person who's going to teach them but I knew that I was at the beginning of my journey so I couldn't just go from student to teacher I needed to actually go out there and, and make it work and so that took me quite a long time I think um, it, it, it's it's not straightforward to get the, the skills and the qualifications and then just have a full client practice and I see that time and time again with my students and with my own clients that it's actually quite challenging and the noisier the online world gets I think the harder it gets in some regards that um, you know, who do you follow what do you actually do so I went on quite a number of rabbit holes um, building my own practice and it wasn't until I felt like I could teach if with integrity not just the skills but also the client attraction piece that I could really go into that teaching role so that's been about I think three years yeah three years we had our first um we, we opened the doors to coach school and and it and it flopped the, the the first round completely flopped because I was doing the same thing right I was trying to fill this this program the way that everybody else was doing it and it didn't work for me so so again I had to go back and learn that lesson again of doing it my way and so now coach school has gone through a number of iterations to a point where it's 
It's exactly what I wish I had had when I started out. And it's attracting exactly the right students. Um, so that my students blow my mind. I mean, the missions that they are on are phenomenal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still being a journey all the way through. So the teacher is always still learning. I love what you said, how you created what you wish was truly there for you when you began this journey. And that's also, so Lorraine and I met um, in LA when we both attended a conference by our mutual contact, Natalie McNeil. And we really got to talking because at the time I heard of coach school and I started building my own life strategist, uh, mindfulness and well-being strategy program where I was starting to certify people and encourage them to take on their own clients and offer this programming as well. And it's exactly what you said. I truly created something that I wish existed for me all those years ago. And I think it's so important that more men and women are birthing the projects that help them become who they are right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no one right way. Um, There's only your right way. Yes. And to provide all those different trajectories for people to connect. What are some, I know we talked about this earlier. What are some of the case studies, the type of people who are coming to you, who are pursuing coach school and this path? So there's two different groups of people because I have my certification, which is the full life coach certification. And then I also have a diploma program, which is for a different type of of person. So the people who come to me for the certification, the full experience, I say when they come to coach school and do that program, we're married. It's like, you don't just finish. We're married forever. Um, They are very high achieving women, although not exclusively women, that's who is in the program right now. They are women who are on a mission. They are changing women's relationship with money. They are changing the paradigm of professional women in the workplace and ending up for some for behavior that is just not acceptable anymore in the workplace in environments like the legal profession and the engineering profession. They are providing platforms for uh, women in leadership, um, for African-American women in leadership. They are just changing the world on a grand scale. And they know that the key to this is being able to shift perspectives and, and powerfully reframe their clients model of the world and they know that these skills are what's going to help them do that and 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 that is what they are doing they're out there changing the world so when these soon to be certified coaches come to you and they say Lorraine how do i charge what do i charge what's the conversation piece there how do you offer financial advice so i've always said that pricing is a positioning tool So your pricing is going to inform who it is you want to work with. And so if you want to work with masses of people who are underprivileged, then your pricing has to reflect that. If you want to work with the most successful people in your industry, then your pricing has to reflect that because it will attract and detract. Um, People will buy on price to a certain degree. So I always say that pricing is a positioning tool. It's, it's, you, you need to 
to understand who your client is that you want to work with and the value of the problem that you solve. And that's different for everyone. So there's no flat rate for coaching. We're an unregulated industry and therefore there everyone can charge what they want. So therefore I work really closely with each of my students on who is their market? How do they want to be positioned? What time do they have available? What is the size of their audience currently? What is the, the level of opportunity that they have? If they're just starting out, then one-to-one is definitely the way to go because they probably have um, limited time. They'll have another uh, role or business that they have to provide time for. Um, or if they have been blogging or have a podcast and have a massive audience, then maybe the opportunity there is to have more of a leveraged approach. But it's on an individual basis. There's no one size fits all. That is so fascinating and incredibly true. I have a client who just came to me and she wants to pay off her student loans, make six figures, but serve low-income families, low-income women. Um, so we're really looking at her business model to see where, where we can find the finances to support her dreams while also showing up for her true purpose, which really is to be part of this community. And for her, we offer sliding scale. It's really interesting. I actually learned this method through transcendental meditation. It's uh, certification and initiation into this very specific type of meditation, TM, which is the lineage of Maharishi Manish, but on there to initiate you into their lineage and to train you in these practices, it's suggested that if you can, you pay between two and $3,000. And if you can't afford it, then you pay about 200 or $300. And so that's actually the model that we adapted for her as well. If you can't afford it, you're going to pay 200 a session. If you're really in that low caliber bracket, it's going to be about $60 for a one-on-one session. And then it kind of overlaps. So the people who can afford, they're basically donating and sponsoring and supporting somebody else who can't necessarily afford it or afford it right now. Pricing is always a huge conversation in our industry. It is. It is. And, you know, the vast majority of people who enter this industry want to help those less fortunate. That's that's the driver. That's why we want to do it. Um, and the, the conversation that I usually have is, you know, put your own mask on first. So if you because you can help more people, you can contribute more, you can give much more back if you're still in business in 18 months, two years time. So if you can look after yourself and just get that, you know, get the plate spinning a little bit for you first, then you can always give back. And and the, the more comfortable you are with that, the more you can give back. I love that. That's beautiful. It's a really important metaphor. First, take care of yourself and then serve the masses, serve the people around you. What are some of the modules that you share, some of the very specific coaching practices that you believe every coach or life strategist has to be fluent in to share with their clients? Oh, this is a great question because um, it also speaks to the other group of people that I didn't tell you about. So I. I teach the fundamentals of coaching in my coaching skills diploma program, which is more for people who have an interest in coaching or people who are 
not coaches and don't desire to be coaches, but they do want to apply coaching skills to their non-coaching business. So think consultants, personal trainers, um, anybody who is fundamental in working with clients, but not ultimately responsible for their clients' results. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so the fundamentals, the things that that they all need to learn are um, how to coach ethically. What is the difference between coaching and therapy? What are your boundaries? So what is coaching? What is it not? So that you know what you're doing at any point in the conversation. You need to know what's most important to your client. You need to recognize that your agenda is not what is at play here. It is all about the client. So the more you know about them, the more you can serve them and hold their purpose in to, for the highest good. You need to know, you need to be flexible. You need to know what the goal is that you are working towards uh, on a big vision basis and in the detail. And you need to be flexible in how you help your client get there. You've got to know how to listen on multiple levels simultaneously. And that's something that's really, um, people feel that. People feel it. If, you, if you, you've had a, a, an experience of being properly listened to, you know that you're being heard. You can feel it. And so understanding what's going on there is a huge part of coaching and coaching skills. So the art of listening, um, the power of silence. So many people are afraid of silence. And so uh, really understanding how to use silence appropriately is uh, a huge asset to coach and client. And um, then there are other things around listening for language cues. So clients will give you a lot of information through their language subconsciously about where they're blocked and where they're struggling. And that's, that's an opportunity to unpack some stuff and really get through those blocks and limiting beliefs. And then wrapping the whole thing up in a, a structure for every session that means that you as a coach know that you're hitting everything that you need to do and it's giving you a nice rigid, not rigid, rigid is the wrong word, a nice solid container for you to have that flexibility to, to break through blocks and have those transformations for your client. So that's, that's everything in the fundamentals of coaching, I would say. Those fundamentals are so important. And I'm trying to think of, it's a lot of positive psychology. I mean, all of positive psychology is, is active listening and fully being present. And even what we were talking about earlier, the decision to become a coach versus a, ther versus a therapist, which really in the States right now is about four to six years in school and a lot of student loans. So it's a big conversation piece. And oftentimes, I wonder if you see this as well. When somebody comes to you and they ask you the difference between should they become a coach or should they become a therapist, what do you what do you say? How do you guide them? Um, it's very much, a, and to be honest, it happens less than you might imagine. Usually the people that come to me have already made that decision or they have been a therapist or, or counsellor and they want to add coaching skills onto what they're doing because when you are a, a counsellor or a therapist, you're bound by very strict rules, apart from the 
as you say, it's a, it's a long certification process and it's an expensive one. Um, coaching gives us a lot more freedom, which is a double-edged sword because with freedom comes responsibility and some of us are more responsible with that than others. Um, so the, the question becomes, who do you want to work with? What kind of results do you want to experience? Because oftentimes therapists and social workers and counsellors, their work is with people who don't always have the best outcomes. It, not every, every client is a success story. And so it's very much past focused. So counselling therapy, um, social work, not so much social work, but counselling and therapy are much more focused on the past, on past issues and understanding the why. Whereas coaching is much more present and future focused and less concerned with the why you have the blocks and more on strategies to move round through or over the blocks and resilience for the future. So it's very much exploring with the individual. Who do they want to work with? What are the kind of outcomes that they want to have? And, and where's their heart right now? Because we need therapists, we need counsellors, and we need coaches. They all have a role to play. And I find a lot of therapists and counsellors serve and then they get a little bit burned out because some of the outcomes are not as favourable as they hope because they give everything to their role. And then they move more into a coaching space, which is often more positive. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, for yourself or maybe somebody in your life or if you should pursue a therapy or become a therapist or perhaps become a coach, definitely take this into consideration. I really do think the audience is the most important, important question. For myself, I have so many therapists that I also refer many of my clients to depending on what, depending on what's happening. So especially in the spiritual world, majority of my clients are spiritual niche. So they're more likely to meditate and take a mindful pause and go on a retreat and go to like a yoga class and, and read all these self-help books rather than, you know, pop the Xanax and, and drink a bottle of wine. So it depends on who your client is. And although both are, you know, sometimes both are necessary and, and you get to choose which path you follow. But to have a couple therapists that you can easily refer out or even my my best friend, she's a therapist. She graduated from the top schools in the States. And if I don't know if I should take a client on or not, I'll call her and see, hey, like, what do you feel and think about this? And then it's more... In those iffy situations, I'll oftentimes refer them out to a proper therapist who can take insurance and really support, especially in the spiritual world, if it is somebody who is seeing and hearing things that, that isn't there that, or that we can't all perceive, or they're having deep obstacles and they're overcoming tremendous grief and having extreme compulsive negative thought patterns. So these are the things that I highly recommend. If you are suffering from this, maybe look towards a therapist more so. And if you are really just looking for improvement, self-development, deeper connection via a spiritual lens or, or any type of lens, then maybe working with a coach is the right path for you. The beautiful thing yeah, is I there's so many options. 
there, there are so many options and we, and we need to have therapists to refer to. And it's a conversation that I have um, with all of my students, regardless of what level they come into uh, coaching, because you need to know when to be having that conversation. And there are some coaches who work with clients when they're in therapy, uh, they will continue their work as a coach. Other coaches will wait until the therapy process is complete and then they'll work with uh, with um, their clients then. But good coaches should be having that conversation and good coaches should have people that they can refer to and they should know what to look for. Um, sadly, that's not always the case, but but good coaches should know. So if you're if you're interviewing a coach, then ask them what their process is for for referrals to therapists, whether or not you think you need a therapist, you know, but it, it's the sign of a a good coach that they know their boundaries, they know where they are meant to do their best work. And, and there are coaches who can work with the past. So everything kind of overlaps. Um, but make and also oh you you mentioned insurance. All coaches should be working with insurance. If they don't have insurance, they, yeah, that's an alarm bell for me. Absolutely. So when I say all coaches should have insurance, but do you also mean coaches should take insurance? In what regard? Are we talking about insurance referrals from insurance companies or? Yeah, it might be a little bit different between the States and New Zealand. Yeah. So I think that's the, yeah. So everybody should have insurance versus I don't know any coaches or life strategists that take um, Western insurance from the the Western health institutions that we have here. I wonder what is it like yeah. in New Zealand? Um, it, It's probably quite similar although there will be some government or local um, funds that will fund that type of uh that type of work for certain clients it's not really my client base but there will be there will be funding available for certain types of coaching i'm i'm sure but it won't be traditional medical insurance that covers it. It's an interesting conversation because, yes, we were talking about two different things. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I wonder if there's more situations like that. Do you feel, I know you take both clients in the States and also in New Zealand. Do you feel like the obstacles are similar that these clients are facing? Absolutely. I have clients all over the world, all over the English-speaking world because – you know, I don't speak any other languages. I've been a bit slack in that regard. But um, yeah, and and people commonly share the same fears. They share the fear of not being enough. They share the fear of not being lovable. Um, and and a lot of the work stems from just those two or, or three common limiting beliefs. It's incredible. It's universal. Do you see both men and women? Yes. And it's similar situations both of them are facing? Um, at their core, yes, but but my men and women present quite differently. Um, and the tools that I use are, are received quite differently between men and women. It's been really interesting. Obviously, that's a sweeping generalization and, and it's not true of 
every single client. Um, but if we are generalizing, then I do kind of adapt some of my processes for for men, just so they're a little bit they they get the same uh, result. It's very interesting. I find men are much more in their head. Yes, and they have to drop down and connect to the heart. That's so fascinating to me. I built a lot of my business off of the chakra system, so the Eastern chakra system and Western psychology, but also women's hormones. So the the menstrual cycle, the flow of estrogen and progesterone. And now that I've taken on a handful of more, many more corporate clients, and then with that comes a lot more male clients, I'm starting to really understand testosterone and, and very physical reminders or physical, when you look at somebody, you can tell if they're stressed or not. So being able to see a man and recognize where are they breaking out on their body if they're really suffering from chronic stress or poor digestion. How is their hair? Do they, are they still growing hair? Do they still have a full head of hair? So these are some things that I feel like I've been so hyper aware of whenever I work with women. And now that I'm retaking on these male clients, it's a very it's a very interesting learning experience. And we really need both. I always keep my programming very feminine because of exactly what you just said, supporting men and dropping into the heart. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to be ready. Yes. Yes. And I assume if they're hopping on a phone call with us, they must be close to being ready. They're curious. They're curious. <laughs> so what are you working on right now that you're excited about? I am super excited about the coaching skills diploma. So really, ever since I, I started coach school, my peers who work in um, similar or, or who, who are working with clients who are strategists, consultants, uh, mentors, um, anyone who's working with clients they've been saying, oh, can you teach me coaching? But I don't want to do the whole program. I don't think I need the whole program because in the whole program, we dive into a number of different therapeutic techniques and and uh, and models. models. Um, and I've always kind of gone, oh, well, you know, how do I do that but still respect my students who are doing the whole program? And how do I do it safely and ethically and make sure that you get what you need? And, and it's taken a little while for me to figure that out. And so now I've figured it out and we're, we're we've got that running so I'm super excited about that bringing these skills to people who don't necessarily want to be coaches but who do want to have a deeper impact with their clients they know that they can see when their clients are getting in their own way and they just don't know what to do about it so equipping them with the skills for their clients to have those deeper impactful results is great for their clients but it's also great for my students because it's going to increase their reputation in their field it's going to elevate them in their industry which means they can help more people and really I just get excited about the ripple effect of learning these skills and then them transforming the world so yeah I'm excited about that I'm excited just listening to you. That sounds wonderful. I always say to my clients that I take on for business coaching, and um, I just launched my 
certificate in mindfulness and well-being strategy. I, I literally launched it yesterday, so we're receiving those signups. Thank you. It's very exciting. It's certified through UPS, which is United Nations Institution. So I totally hear you when you say you're looking for something ethical and is internationally recognized. So really excited about that. And I always say to everyone who's signing up and curious about these programs, you can really only take your client as deep as you're willing to take yourself. So if you're not ready to do this deep work, show up for yourself, show up for the world around you, guess what? Your client's going to see that and it's going to be reflected. So take yourself deep, do the dirty work, get the certification or the degree or the, the learnings that you need. And the ripple effect is everything that really we're looking for and what we're looking forward to. Yeah. So Lorraine, if you had all the ears of the women in the world, what type of wisdom or advice would you like to share with them? Oh, that the, the sooner you can drop into your heart and, and follow your path, the better. I, have spent so many years looking sideways and learning learning a whole heap from some very very smart people but the 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 thing I was doing wrong in all of it was I was following their footsteps I was watching what they were doing and I was learning what they were doing the piece that was missing was they were doing it for their reasons I needed to drop into my reasons for why I was doing it. And that changes everything. When you truly are clear on your reason why, you can stop comparing yourself to everybody else. And comparison really is the thief of joy in all of this. So doing whatever you need to do to be able to trust yourself to know that what you're doing is benefiting others and, and staying true to that, the sooner that you can really believe that, the sooner you will be able to create that, that life of service and abundance and joy. Does that make sense? I feel like I rambled, but it was very much from the heart. <laughs> Absolutely. I really think that's just the practice. Get out of the head, drop into the heart, connect to the language of the soul. Mm. Lorraine, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for being here. It's such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Everyone, feel free to comment below which practices resonated with you and what your questions are about coaching or therapy programs, anything you want to talk about. As always, with podcasts, we need high-rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with the women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us, share with a friend. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting again next week. Thank you so much.